Father God, thank you for this fantastic day you've given to us. And Lord, thank you for the youth service. I just got a report. There's 88 kids over there right now, and I'm sure that number is going to keep going up. That's exciting, Lord. We prayed about it this morning. I asked everyone to pray. Everyone's praying. Kids are showing up, and that's just going to be a dynamic thing for this church. So, Father, we thank you. We pray everything goes well, all the multimedia stuff and all the band stuff goes well for him, Lord God. Thank you for this time we can spend together in this service. And I pray, dear God, that you just move in this service, that you would touch our lives in a very personal way. We praise you for being a God who cares about every need, Lord God. And that's what we're praying for, that you would meet our needs this morning. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. What, I was in big enough for you or something like that? Huh? You got a problem, buddy? Huh? Huh? Do you? Do you? Do you? One piece of me? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm scared now. What? Wait a minute. Stop following me, okay? What are you talking about? You're showing me which way the boat went. A boat? Hey, I've seen a boat. It passed by not too long ago. It, it went, um, this way. Yeah, it went this way. Follow me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is going on? You already told me which way the boat was going. I did? Oh, no. This is some kind of practical joke. It's not funny. And I know funny. I'm a clownfish. No, it's not. I know it's not. I'm I'm so sorry. See, I I suffer from short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss. I don't believe this. No, it's true. I forget things almost instantly. It runs in my family. Well, I mean, at least I think it does. All right. So here's the thing. Short-term memory loss in a... In a movie like this, is it's funny. It's cute. But forgetting, okay, when it comes to your spiritual life and what God has done for us in the past, forgetting about that is not cute. It's not funny. It's one of the greatest tools of the enemy, okay? Helping us forget what God has done for us, how he has impacted our lives in the past. See, when we forget, we limit God's power and we, li- if we, and it, it, we limit God's power in our lives. And if we forget God's power and we forget God's goodness, it also limits how God can use us, what God can do in our lives. God's faithfulness in the past is like an anchor. And when we forget, we drift. And we know this. We know this in our spiritual lives. If you're an older Christian, you know this. If you forget what God has done for you, you drift. There are so many times in my life where, you know, I start to struggle and where is God? And God, aren't, why don't you show up in this area? And we prayed about this. And can you show up here? And, and you get a little discouraged. And all of a sudden, what helps me is to remember, to remember what God has done for me in the past. I tell that story about the skateboard park in Massachusetts and how we had no money and needed to build a skateboard park. And God was there every step of the way with the gravel and the blacktop and all the help in the community. We built a $40,000 skate park for nothing. Those things I remember. God showed up in miraculous ways in my life. And when things are difficult, we need to remember that. And if we forget it, it's, it's the enemy's way of keeping us in bondage. When we forget, we, we are not able to live the life that God, the passionate life that God intended for us to live. And here's the thing. It happens slowly. It happens very slowly. You don't recognize it, but one day you just wake up in a, in a spiritual place where, where, that you don't even recognize. You don't recognize yourself. You wake up and you're like, wait, how did I get here? In a life that you never really wanted. Right. I know this happened to many of us where you just wake up one morning and say, wait, how did I, how did I get to this place? Our faith has dried up our desire, our passion, 
are all but gone. And we wonder to ourselves, how did we get here? We got here because we drifted. We didn't remember. We weren't holding on to God's truth. This morning, we're going to start a new series called Stretch Marks. And when I brought it up to the staff, we talked about it in staff meeting. We came to the conclusion that stretch marks are, are a badge of honor. They really are. Okay, if you have stretch marks, it's most likely that you went through a challenging time in your life, not a bad challenging time, but something that was challenging. You went through a challenging time in your life and it's a badge of honor. It means that you're a strong person. That you overcame a challenge that you you are you are a person who is who in so many cases brought about a miracle in your life. So as we talk about stretch marks in this series, what we're talking about is faith. We're talking about overcoming limitations. We're talking about, if you will, breaking the chains that are binding us and holding on to us. That's what we're talking about. Overcoming our limitations, breaking those chains, stretching beyond what we thought we were capable of doing. That's what this series is all about. So when we talk about stretch marks, that's what I want you thinking. How do I stretch beyond right where I am right now in my, in my spiritual life? How can God use me in a more powerful way? How can I break free from the chains that are holding me back from becoming the person that God created me to be? And as we started, stated earlier, we, if we're going to stretch, we need to remember. We cannot, the Bible, the scripture warns us about forgetting. It warns us about it. See, it's simple. If, if we don't remember, we are not going to stretch. If we don't remember God's faithfulness in the past, then we're not going to become the person that he has created us to be, that he has designed us to be. See, the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the people of God fell into a particular pattern, the people of Israel. And there's basically the pattern. They would go into captivity. Then God would, would, would rescue them from their captivity. He would bring them out. But it wasn't too long after they were out that they had forgotten what God had done for them. And they started grumbling and complaining. We know that in the book, when the book of Exodus, Moses takes the people out of Egypt. They're broken. Their chains are broken. They're free. And then he, and as they're going through that process all along the way, as soon as some trouble starts, they forget and they begin to complain. We see in Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 12, it says this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us in this desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would be better. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this desert. They choose. Uh, honestly, let's just be honest. They're choosing to be in chains. They're saying, why did you set, why did you break the chains and set us free? They're choosing, they're choosing to be in chains. And see, the reason why in their case and in many of our cases is, is that it's, it's this amazing thing that happens. Present pain is better than an unknown future. Present pain for so many people is better than an unknown future. And so we stay locked where we are in our lives because we, because we fear the future. What will happen if I do this? And so we try to control things. That's our answer, to control the situation. 
If I can control the situation, it's not going to happen to me. But here's the problem with that. That's just self-fulfilling prophecy because you take it on yourself. And the relationship you're trying to restore, the relationship you're trying to fix, you're taking it on yourself. You're trying to hold on to, because if you let go and let God take care of that, you're not sure what the future is going to be. But I'm telling you, that's just self-fulfilling prophecy. What you don't want to happen will happen. And so in this series, what what I really want us to do is look into our own hearts and say, how can I stretch beyond how can I become that, that, that truly become the person that God created me to be? And if you look back to where you were in points of your life and you say, that's what I want to get back to that point where I had this, this, this passionate love for God, that anything was possible. The, the fear and worry didn't consume my life, but that takes stretching. That takes that takes stretch marks that, that says I need to go beyond And that's what we want to talk about. That's how we want to live our lives. The Bible tells us if you forget the past, you will stop growing. You're going to stop growing. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9, it says this. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to your children after them. See, in the New Testament, there's no difference. In the book of Galatians, chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul says this. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 4 and verse 17, he writes this. For this reason, I am sending you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of the way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. They had forgotten. We humans have a tendency to forget. And so we stay locked into where we are. As we slip, the enemy just continues to hold us in that pattern because we forget. We forget truth. We forget the truth of God's word and what God is saying to you personally through his word and how you can become, how you can overcome overcome the struggles that you're facing and not just struggles how you can grow and mature to become more like christ it may just be a pride issue that you have you're 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 still you're a proud person and i don't mean that in a good way and that's 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 affecting your spiritual life you're struggling with some kind of addiction and that's affecting your spiritual life You're afraid to step out in faith and do something that God's been calling you to do for years, and that's affecting your spiritual life. So you pick whatever you pick, whatever it is for you. What I'm saying is, as a church, we need to stretch beyond where we are now so we can see God do miraculous things through each and every one of us. We need to be constantly reminded to keep our eyes and our hearts focused on him. Always hearts and minds focused on him. John Eldridge wrote this. He said, let life is a journey of the heart that requires the mind. Life is a journey of the heart that requires the mind. Heart and mind need to work together. If spiritual growth is your goal, our hearts and our our hearts and our minds need to work together. If, if spiritual growth is our goal. And if you're here this morning, that should be your goal, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Whoever's most like Jesus Christ before we die wins, okay? That's the race we're we're involved in. 
So what we want to do is become more like him. How do we become more like him? We're going to keep talking about that. We'll talk about that. So that said, here's the deal. If, if we want to keep our passion for God alive, then we need to make sure that God's word, his truth, is constantly being introduced into our lives. Do you hear that? If, if we want to have, if we want to keep that passion, if we want to get it back, if we want to have that desire, if we want to stretch to the limits, you know, then we're going to have to constantly introduce Keep introducing God's word into our lives. It is God's truth. It is God's word that guards and drives our desires. It drives our dreams. It drives our longings. It drives our passion. It is God's truth. So you say, I want that passion. Well, it's not going to come from getting... A spiritual high up in a mountain. You go somewhere and just, oh, I feel spiritually high. And, and I'm, I come back on fire for God. And I went to this experience and I experienced this and I experienced that. That's great. Those are important. But if you're not grounded in the word of God, it's not being constantly poured into your life. You're not picking up the word of God and constantly pouring into your life his truth. Then that passion and that desire and that longing and those dreams and that vision is going to fade. You need to be constantly fed. The word t- the world tells us is constantly, you know, follow your heart, you know, just just follow your heart. Let your feelings be your guide. Well, that alone, okay, is not going to work when you're on a long spiritual journey. We're on we're on a, in a marathon, not a sprint. This whole idea of my feet, I just got to keep charging up my feelings and charging up my feelings and charge. Feelings are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but that alone. That alone is not going to get you where you need to be spiritually. To stretch the limits of your faith, to keep the fire burning, you need a balance of the pouring into the mind of God's word and your heart responding to that truth. See, passion dies without truth. Your passion passion will die without truth, but, but truth without heart can kill your passion. You need both. They need to be working together. Some people are really, they need to be you know, constantly emotionally charged up. That's just personality. It really is. It's my, they, they, may, they try to make it more spiritual. This person's not as spiritual as me because I, I'm charged up emotionally and everything. Well, that's not true. Some people dive into the word of God and they, they are prayer warriors. And they don't, they don't get too excited about many things. But they're spiritually solid as a rock. We need both of those things together. We need to bring heart and mind together. If I want to build a deep, meaningful, trusting, intimate relationship with someone, then I need to get to know. Just think about this. I need to get to know them. I need to try to spend time with them. I need to really try to understand them. You know, that you get to know someone, you, you begin to understand why they act this way and why they say certain things. And, you know, the little idiosyncrasies of relationships comes when you get to know someone and understand them. Have you ever known someone for, think about this, for a long, I'm going to move this over just a tiny bit because it keeps getting in my way. So I'm going to move it over. I wanted to do this for 9-11, just to remind us. But have you ever known someone for a very, very long time and you really don't know that person very well? And then something happens. Then you go on a trip with that person and you, you spend time with them and you do one of those kind of telling stories all night kind of deal. 
You're telling stories, you're sharing your story, you're sharing your story two or three o'clock in the morning and there's maybe some tears and then then there's these shared memories that you have. You go on a mission trip, you experience things with another person and maybe something happens where you have a shared memory with a little child or with an, a widow or someone tells you, but you're together in that or some something happens where you have to go to plan B and the two of you have to come together and work out plan B. And what happens is through that experience of getting to know that person, interacting with that person, and building intimacy with that person, you go home, best friends. They're like family. These people that you didn't know very well, maybe you knew them for years and years, but didn't really know them. All of a sudden, they feel like they're, they're family. That's what we need to do in our relationship with God. That's the kind of intimacy we have to have. We need to spend time getting to know him, getting closer to him. My passion and trust in God will grow from my knowledge of God. My trust in God will grow from my knowledge of God and trying to understand him and, 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 and recalling, allowing your memories to recall the faithfulness of God. That's how you get to know him. You keep remembering. That's why it's important just to, the Bible constantly says, remember, 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 because you're building, you're building on a foundation. Remember. And that's what the Israelites, a lot of the time they couldn't do. They didn't do. They didn't remember. They wouldn't remember from one event to the other in the same situation. You know, God parts the sea. Yay. And then all of a sudden they're going through and here come the Egyptians. Boo. You know what I mean? They get across and something happens. Yay. Come on. Whatever. Boo. It's constant. And I and we, I used to get frustrated when I read the Bible. Thought, what is wrong with these people? What is wrong with these people? And then I realized, wait, you're like that too. <laughs> Hey, Greer, you're, you're kind of like that, too. God does something amazing and builds a skateboard park. Yay! But then he doesn't answer another thing right away. I'm like, boo, you know. Where are you, God? What's going on? See, remembering his faithfulness in the past, if we remember his faithfulness in the past, it allows us to trust him with our future. Even if we can't always see him or feel him the way we want to. Let me illustrate with this story. There's a, there was a little boy and his family in the family house that caught on fire at night. And the family got out and didn't realize that the little boy was still in the house. They thought he was in front and had gotten out, but he hadn't. And a fire was blazing in the house. We crawled up on the roof. He had to get on the roof to get away from the flames. And he's up on the roof. His father sees him. His father says to him, jump, son, you need to jump. He holds his arms up and he's saying, jump, jump. He's looking up. He can see his son. But the son is afraid because he can't see his father through all the smoke and all the flames. And, and, he's, and, he, and so you can imagine what he's feeling right there. He doesn't want to just leap. Even though he can hear his father's voice, he can't see him. And he doesn't want to jump. The father realizes if he doesn't jump, he's going to die. So he's panicked. And he's standing down there. He's right in front. And he's yelling to his son, jump, jump. And the son responds, but, but daddy, I can't see you. I can't see you. And he doesn't want to jump. And his father says to him, but I can see you. And that's all that matters. I can see you. We need to have the faith to jump when God says jump to stretch the limits of where we are. God wants us to become like his son, Jesus Christ. And that means we need to jump when he says jump. We need to stretch. So when he when he does say jump, we don't have to physically see We can just believe and we can leap. See, remembering God's faithfulness in the past gives, gives us the faith to jump. 
even when we can't see our destination. You know, if, if God gives you a vision, you don't have to be a visionary, okay? Oh, a visionary, a dreamer. You know, you take those tests and you're this kind of person, the other person, dreamer, visionary. And so you shut that off. Oh, I'm not that kind of person. That's not true. God can still give you a dream and a vision. The problem is sometimes you haven't been in a situation where you had to take that leap of faith. But God may be saying to you, I need you to take that leap of faith, you know? The... the, uh, the um, there's, a, there's a, uh, an animal in Africa. It's the African impala. And the African impala, impala can jump. Picture this, okay? I want you to get this in your mind. This thing can jump 10 feet high and 30 feet across. So that sucker's like bouncing around. He can, that, when, it, when it really gets going, if something's chasing it, it can jump 10 feet high. See what's, you know, survey the situation that's up in the air. You know what I mean? Where is the predator? And 30 feet long. But did you know... As magnificent as these African impalas are, the African impala can be kept in a zoo behind a three-foot wall. So it's like, oh, look at the African impala. You peek over the wall, and there he is. There's a three-foot wall. The thing can jump 10 feet high and 30 feet across. It can run back to Africa if it wanted to. You know what I'm saying? But it stays behind the wall because the African impala will not jump to the other side unless it can see where its feet's going to land. If he doesn't know where his little hooves are going to land, he doesn't jump. So you put a three-foot fence up, it's a little thing, can't really see over the wall. If it can't see over the wall, it won't jump. So all you need is a three-foot wall. It doesn't. It, <laughs> and you start thinking about your own life. See, you have amazing abilities. You have absolutely amazing, you, I'm talking to you personally, you have amazing abilities, but you won't use them because you lack the faith to leap. You lack the faith to leap. I mean, chains, this is the big old chain, right? Chains, it's, it's a physical chain, but you take, I want you to look at that chain. I want you to kind of see that chain. Chains come in all shapes and sizes. Chains come in all shapes and sizes. And one is wrapped around you. But you won't, you won't break free. You won't because you're, you, you don't see what's on the other side. You don't know. If I let go, if I let go of this anger, if I let go of it, if I forgive, if I, let do, if I do this or if I, if I step out and, and I hold out the olive branch in this relationship, if, if I do this, what happens if, what happens if, what, I don't want to experience this again. I don't want to experience this all over again. So, you know what, let's just, why don't we just wrap the chains all the way around us and keep walking around like this. Chains come in all shapes and sizes, and God's saying, for goodness sake, break the chains. I'm God. I was raised from the dead. I can break your chains. You need to trust me. Your plan will not work. God's plan will. And God is saying you need to break those chains. You know, we've got to stop reading the Bible like, like, like it's a book of facts about God and start reading it to understand God. And once we read it to understand God, once we experience, once we read it, we start experiencing those chains being broken and those limitations being thrown off and, and thinking beyond and dreaming and being able to overcome. I used to be a, such an arrogant, proud person. But you know what? God has been working in my life for so many years now i don't i'm not that person anymore i used to be afraid fear used to grip my life but i'm not that person anymore and once you experience that you got to go tell the other impalas behind the three-foot wall all about it and say just jump 
come on. Why are we living behind this wall when we could be there? There's a whole field out there. And there's no predators in America, so we can really have some fun. We need to be talking to each other and sharing with each other what God has done. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says this. These, these commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Listen, impress them on your children. Talk to your children about them. Talk to your friends about them. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. And bind them on your foreheads. Make them, write them, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know, Blaise Pascal, you know Pascal. On the night of his conversion, okay? He, this is what he wrote on the night of his conversion. You know, you could see the fire. Here's what he says. He actually says, fire, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Certainly, certainly emotion, joy, peace. God of Jesus Christ, thy God shall be my God, oblivion to the world and everything except God, joy, 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 tears of joy. He had that sewn into his jacket close to his heart. And he had that. He carried that around with him from the day of his conversion until his last breath. That fire to remind him close to his heart. Obviously a brilliant person. Brilliant person. So how do we keep our hearts on fire for God when we're being pulled in so many directions by the world? See, that's the thing. We come here and you're like, yes, 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 I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Then we walk out the door and the rest of the world is saying, no, you can't. No, you can't. No, you shouldn't. Why are you bothering this is more fun. This is more exciting. This is more dynamic, which obviously it is not. Leads only to one place. See, if you want to live a life of passion for God, if you want to keep that fire burning, if you truly want to keep that fire burning in your heart, you need to constantly, consistently stretch your faith. It cannot, this cannot be an exercise that I go to church on Sundays. It's got to be a seven day a week, constant stretching of your faith. How do you do that? Well, let me share a couple of things that you can do. We need more contact with God. You say, well, I'm a Christian. I have a lot of contact with God. No, come on. Okay, here, here, here's, here's the reality. It takes more than a prayer before dinner and then a, a, a simple chat before you go to sleep to really have that passion for God. See, our, I, I believe our prayers should reflect our passion. Our, our prayers should reflect our, our loss our prayers should reflect our pain. Our prayers should, ref, should reflect our, 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 our dreams. They should reflect that when you're praying for someone that you really... I remember someone called me this Friday and said, you know, my, my, uh, my relatives in ICU and, and, it's, and, and I, I just started praying. And I said, I know this person, at least I know of them. And I said, Lord, have they not been through enough? Can you? And I was just begging God and begging God and begging God. From my heart, I was just begging him. And, and it was the, the amazing thing, the enjoyable thing about that prayer was that 25 or 30 minutes later, the person called and said, hey, they're out of ICU. Great, great feeling. But here's the thing. We need to pray. We need to pray with passion. We need to pray when we have those at loss like we, like we, like we feel. You can't, if you have a dream, you have a vision, you can't, you can't pray something like, dear God, 
dear God, um, I want you to fulfill my dream and fulfill my vision. Amen. Thanks for, thanks for spending some time. Bye. No, if you really believe in something, if you have something on your heart, you need to go before God with that kind of drive and say, Lord God, this is what I need you to do this. You know how I feel. I need you to interact in this area of my life and I need you to move starting right now. See, we, we need to have that, that, kind of, that kind of passion. We need to remember so we can stay strong. You know, you know God, we need to remember God's mercy and his faithfulness. We need to recall when things happen in our lives, like we said in the very beginning. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to remember something else. Remember, you remember Mary, right? Jesus' mother. We need to take a page out of her book. We need to remember because the storms of life are going to come, okay? They're, they are going, they've come already, they're, they're going to continue to come. You're in a spiritual battle, the storms of life are going to come. But we need to be able to not only survive the storms, but thrive in them. I'm, I'm not kidding. There's a difference between, oh, just help me survive this and say, no, we need to get beyond that and stretch the limitations. Say, not only help me survive this, but help me learn something from it. Help me thrive even through my most difficult times. So I'm going to read you a couple of things. When Jesus was born in Luke chapter two and verse 19, it says this Mary, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When Jesus was spending time, uh, he, he kind of got away from his parents and he went into the temple and he was, uh, he was talking to the, the teachers in the temple. It says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 51, it says this, then he, went, then, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all these things in her, her heart. She treasured them in her heart. She pondered them and treasured them in her heart. She kept them in her heart. We need to do the same thing. We need to treasure what God has done for us in our hearts. We need to hold on treasure. If you have treasure, I know, you know where your treasure is. If you found a billion dollars worth of treasure, okay, there's some rich guy buried in the woods or whatever, I guarantee you, you'd never forget where you found the treasure. The day you found the treasure, the moment where the sun was in the sky, everything about it. And that's what she did. That's what we need to do. The same thing. Treasure these things in our hearts. Because here's the thing. When belief begins to falter, when all hope seems lost, when fear and worry begin to creep into your life, when temptation comes to call, we're going to need to remember We're going to need to remember how are we going to stay strong in our faith when those things happen to us and not only stay strong in our faith, but then even stretch it when that fear and worry comes and you overcome it instead of shrinking back. This time you step forward and you overcome it. That's going to stretch your faith. That's going to strengthen you as a follower of Jesus Christ. See, that's the attitude that we have to have. We are not victims here. We are victors. We are not the prey. We are the predator. When it comes to Jesus Christ in our lives, we cannot shrink back and be fearful. But we need to step out in faith. How are we going to keep growing? How, 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 how do we keep our hearts from being captured by the world? Well, by remembering first, by staying close to him and by staying in his word. Remember what he's done. Stay really, really close to him. Talk to him and stay in his word.
You know, try to keep, here are a few thoughts. Try, try to keep a log, if you will. Try to, try to keep a record of the impact that he's had on your life. Simple things like, like the other Friday when that happened and 30 minutes later, boom, the person, you know, it's like they, they, they're out of ICU. Answered prayer. Write down answered prayer. Unexpected blessings that you have. See, we go through life and God does these unexpected things. And in the moment we're like, oh, thank you, Lord. That's awesome. We have these unexpected blessings. But then what? A couple months later, we forget about them. How about spiritual insights? Write those spiritual insights down. Something that God said to you this morning that really moved in your heart. Write that down. The challenges he helped us overcome. We need to write those down. And then once we, we as we do that kind of thing, we also need to keep Keep getting engaged. Get involved. You need to keep living it out. You know, there's things I teach. We're teaching here, right? You go to a Bible study, you're getting taught. You go to a Sunday morning, you get taught. You go to a life group, you're getting, you're getting taught. But then you need to apply those things to your life, and you need to keep applying them to your life. You need to go on a retreat, the women's retreat or the men's retreat. You need to go on an upcoming mission trip. I know they're going to Haiti. I'm going to go to Nigeria on March 9th or 10th. We're going to leave. It's about nine or ten days. So look at your calendars and say, you know what? We talked about Nigeria. That would be a challenging thing. for. I'm going to step up. I'm going to save those resources. And I'm going to go to Nigeria with Pastor Jeff in March. And get, get some of those experiences. Get involved in a Bible study. Get involved in a life group. Get into con- Listen, get into conversations about God. They don't have to be deep theology. It doesn't have to be that deep. Talk about what you've learned. Talk about what you're feeling. Talk about the questions that you have. We've got to go ask someone. We've got to go to our Bible study to ask this question. Ask the questions. Ask them. God's not afraid of your questions. All truth leads to God. God's not afraid of your questions. It's fun to ask the questions because that's how you grow. So talk about how you're feeling. See, we need to keep reminding each other of God's blessing and keep telling each other stories of God's faithfulness. Uh, This happened to me and this happened to me and God moved in my life here. And don't wait until you listen. Don't wait until you need him to talk to him. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to bow your heads, but I want you to listen to my words. Okay, please listen to my words. Just close your eyes and listen to my words. God has a purpose for your life. He wants you to live with passion. He wants you to break your chains he wants you to challenge, he wants you to challenge your limitations. Oh, I'm not sure I could do that. Uh, that, that test I took when I was at work, they told me I wasn't. Uh, God wants you to challenge your limitations. He wants you to overcome, hear me? He wants you to overcome your fears. He wants you to expect the unexpected. He wants you to, listen, he wants you to do, ask for miracles and then believe the impossible. That's what God wants from us, to expect miracles. Ask him and then expect him to do miracles in our relationships, in our lives, And believe the impossible. Today is a new day for you. And tomorrow is filled. Listen, tomorrow is filled with opportunities for your capacities to be stretched. Look for them. You're going to leave here today. You're going to go out tomorrow. I want you to look for opportunities. Look for them. Anticipate them. Pray to God that he gives you opportunities for your capacity to be stretched. That's what we're talking about here. See, your marriage is falling apart because you're stuck behind a three-foot wall and you're afraid to jump. You're afraid to leave your old habits and patterns. You're chained to a life of mediocrity, honestly, because you're holding on to the lies of the enemy. That's what you're doing. 
You're holding on to the lies of the enemy. He's lied to you. You're chained to addiction because you don't believe you can face the future or overcome the past. You don't believe that you can really do it. And so you anesthetize yourself. It's time to draw on the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is time to draw on the power of God to live a life that you were destined to live. It is time to remember the God who you serve and be brave. To, to, to step back and say, God, if I don't have the strength in myself, give it to me. If I'm not that brave, make me brave. You make me brave. Give me your resurrection strength. Remind me, Lord God, who you are. And then remind me of who I am. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a person belonging to you. You don't make garbage. You don't make mistakes. So, Father, we pray with all of our hearts. Give us your resurrection power. Give us your strength. As we close this morning, here's what I'd like you to do when you just open your eyes and you stand up for this last song. I want you not to just sit in your seats. I want to come forward as we kick off this series. I want you to come up front here. I want you to come up here together as the body of Christ. And let's connect to God. And let's let's commit to God. Let us commit to him that we are going to stretch the limits of our faith. Let's commit to him this morning, each and every one of us, that we are going to stretch the boundaries of our lives. We're going to stretch the limit of our faith. God, we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. We claim them for every single one of us, Lord God, that we would leave here. We would leave the baggage behind and leave here new people with the power of your Holy Spirit to stretch our faith and become the person that you created us to be. We expect and we will settle for nothing less. In your precious name, amen. Let's come up here. Let's gather up here together.